1: Okay, come with me to Acts chapter 2, and we'll read from verse 36 to 47. And I'd like us to read together, please. And it reads, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. Verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, In the breaking of bread and in prayers. For the three, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as any one had need. So they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. And may it be our experience in the name of Jesus. Okay, this morning I just want to share a meditation and um, just some thoughts as the church is turning 19. I'm just thinking about the church. What are we even doing? What is this whole thing about? You know, and as I was, you know, meditating and asking the Lord what direction, a few thoughts in my heart. I, I heard the word, Christ is central, pivot out to the church. And, you know, next I had, okay, Christocentric. Okay. So it talks about the centrality of Christ to whatever, you know, we do in the church. And, you know, as that was just going on in my head, this, um, I think it was Pastor George that led prayers this morning. And he started singing the song, Jesus at the center, Rovito. Jesus at the center of it all. Okay, from beginning to the end, it's always been you. Now, you see, it's important we get the foundation and the reason for why we gather. You know, part of what happened, I've shared this with us already, is that this anniversary, as we're looking and planning and they were asking me what we're going to do. One of the things I put before the Lord is, what is it we should do? what is it that we should do not what has been done praise the lord you know there are things that are done there are things that you know people do but that people do something does not mean that is what should be done okay if you want to know how something should be done you should find out from who made it So you find purpose or use from the creator, praise the Lord. And he began to take me back, say, find out what the church is about. And that's what we're going to just try and do with the brief time that we have this morning. What is it really about? What is the church? Some of us in our villages, we still grew up as the church, you know, struggled with the traditional religion. So you realize that as you are growing up, Some people were still embraced into the worship of idols and, you know, some other things. I know some cities and some places still are engaged in it deeply. But as, you know, for me, when I was growing up, I could just see little, you know, relics of, okay, before the white men, before the church came, this was what people used to do. You know, um, we went to uh, Pastor Ghost Village and they showed us the forest where they were throwing twins, Abby, you know. So these were things that were happening in our society before the church came. Now, if you can put Isaiah 9-2 for us on the screen, or better still Matthew 4:16 and 17, any of them. Isaiah 9:2, Thank you, sir. It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. The church is the entrance of light to the world. That's why soon we're going to be celebrating Christmas. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. Praise the Lord. Until Jesus came, men were bound in darkness. Men were held captive in darkness. Men were under You know, uh, uh, servitude to Satan. And they had no choice. From the fall of Adam, that was where man had been, you know, bound in and held captive in. But when Christ came, he came as light. And the Bible says his light shines. And what happens? It said darkness is not able to comprehend it. So the church is the body of Christ. The church is the agency of God. To bring light into the dark situation. Praise the Lord. Very important we understand that. So when we say we are celebrating, we are celebrating light. We are celebrating the victory of light over darkness. We are celebrating the penetration of light into a dark world. Okay? So he says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has what? Shined. This is what happens when Christ comes in. So when we read our text there, Peter on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 was Peter responding to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. When they were wondering what was going on, what was going on. And in verse 22 of that same Acts 2, he said to them, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God it through him in your midst as you yourselves also know it says him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of god you have taken by lawless hands have crucified and put to death 24 says whom god raised up having lost the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it he went on and on and now that 36 where we began from he said therefore let all the house of israel and indeed the rest of the world know assuredly that god has made this jesus whom you crucify what both lord and christ christ is the savior the anointed one praise the lord the one who we're waiting for the one who the bible records for us in the book of revelation that they held the scroll and there was nobody found all over creation who could open the scroll And the apostle John said he wept bitterly, but they said to him, weep no more. For what? He says, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, is what? Come to open the scroll. So the church is about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Every time and any time and whatever we do in the church, we must never lose focus that Jesus is the center. Praise the Lord. You see, I mean, the human body, you know, as important as the head is, you know why whenever a stone or anything, a projectile comes your way, what do you do? It's your head you protect. Sometimes you use your hand. Sometimes you use anything you find, but you want to protect your head. Why? Because you can live without many parts of your body, but without the head, you're done. So the same way, when we say church, when I say I'm going to church, When I say my church, when I say I belong to church, remember that what we are talking about is what Christ did and what Christ is doing. Praise the Lord, somebody. You know, we live in a time where this is becoming blood and it should have been taken for granted. But these are the things that the Bible warned us will happen. A time is going to come where people will gather in the name of the church as a church, but there will be no Christ exalted in their midst are you getting me man will be exalted man will be celebrated man will be honored man will be feared everything will be about man but if you have a sensitivity to the spirit you know that christ is not honored here and the sound will be good every other thing is going to be good people will be happy excited but it's not church if christ is not exalted it's not church like the advert that said if he's not Panadol, he's not Panadol. If Christ is not exalted, why? He said to them, therefore let all house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He's the Savior. He's the reason. When we gather, the church, we gather to exalt him. When we gather, we gather to learn from him. When we even gather, we gather to him. Praise the Lord. So you don't, you know, this is the physical location that hosts us. But we don't come to the building. We come to Christ. It says, coming to him as to living stones, being built up a spiritual house. Praise the Lord. So the church, we meet in this building. But we don't really come to this building. We come to Christ. That's why it says, where two or more are gathered together in my name. What it says, I'm there in their midst. That is what gives us the confidence to know that every time there's an invitation to go to the house of the Lord, there should be joy in your heart. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, What? let us go. Because when I go there, he is there. Praise the Lord. And where Jesus is, there is power. And where his power is, every good thing is possible. Did anybody come here with an expectation? Jesus is here. You have come to his church. You have come to his presence. Let us go to the house of the Lord. We go to meet him. In fact, it's so important that they keep minutes. They told us in the book of Malachi that when those who love the Lord spoke to one another, he said a book of remembrance. There is a secretary taking minutes every time we gather in his name. That's what church is about. So it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be anything. Where two or three are gathered in his name, church is happening there. Praise the Lord. And church happening is that Christ is being learned. Christ is being exalted. Christ is being meditated on. Psalm 34 verse five. Psalm 34 is one of my favorite Psalms because the Lord used it to speak to me. I'm tempted to read more than the verse five. So maybe if I find it, I'll read if I don't find it. It says, they look to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Each time as a Christian, you see yourself flagging in your devotion, in your walk with God, is because your eye has been taken away from him. Praise the Lord. They looked to him, and they were what? Radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. If we can continue to see Christ, you see, we're learning this so that the church we answer the father's church i was telling you know my brothers at the graduating class yesterday i was telling them that the father's church is a name we answer but more than the name is our description that this church does not belong to you it does not belong to me it is the father's church it is the pleasure of the father that must be done here it is the will of the father that must be done here It is the joy of the Father that we seek here. That's why we don't do flyers, saying, come and take over. Take over from who? If we were to do anything, we'll keep saying, come and surrender. Praise the Lord. And as we surrender to him, the Bible says, draw near to him and he'll do what? He knows how to handle the rest. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Psalm 34 verse 5 says, they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Six says, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Eight says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is. Can somebody say, I have tasted? Okay, some, so, sorry, don't say it if you haven't. But if you have tasted, bear witness that you have tasted and you bear witness. I have tasted. And I bear witness that the Lord is good. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in him. He says, oh, fear the Lord, you his sins. There is no want to those who fear him. Verse 10. He says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Hallelujah. Should I tell you the story of that verse? <laughs> okay. How many of us know what wilderness is? Wilderness is the season in your Christianity where everywhere is dry, things are tough everywhere. So, when that season, and um, one of the days I just had a bad sales day, you know, I left the bank and wanted to just serve God and do nothing. And as time went on, my resources that I'd planned to multiply were depleted. So, I started selling artworks. So a season came that with my van and my artworks, I was driving around the whole Lagos, no sale. Because I had customers and banks and different people who were buying from me. And the Lord just spoke that word to me. He says, the young lions, they lack and suffer hunger. He said, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. I drove home. While I was at home, somebody came and bought I get it what I'm saying. You see, God is too near, but many times we don't hear him. And when we hear, we don't yield. The young lions can actually get angry and kill the old lions. The young lions are in their prime, they are strongest, they are in their agile state. So when he says the young lions lack and suffer hunger, it shouldn't be. But situations arise. Where your best skill, your best effort, your best calculation, your best degrees are not able to solve the problem. But it says, Those who seek the Lord, confirming the scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And how many things? Every other thing shall be added. Brethren, that scripture is unshakable. Heavens and earth will pass away, not a jot of the scripture. And that particular one, it won't. God is faithful. So are you here listening to me? God is saying, maybe you have sought as a young liar. It's time to lift up your eyes. Since they looked to him and they were radiant. Those who look to him will not know shame in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we'll go back to the church. So Jesus declared both Lord and Christ. And what he was saying to them was because the Jews had been expecting the Messiah, the Jews knew what it was to want deliverance. They had been under the rule of the Roman kingdom. So at this time, they were looking for a deliverer. And now somebody comes and tells them that God sent the deliverer. But you know what you people did to the deliverer? He said you killed him. Imagine someone, you know, I, I don't know what situation that would look like. But you realize that the person you're waiting for, the person that everybody's waiting to come and bring help, you people had destroyed him already. That was what happened here. That's why in verse 37, they said to him, the next verse, they were caught to the heart, and then they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, they said, men and brethren, what, what shall we do if we have killed our Messiah? Praise the Lord. If we have destroyed our Savior, if we have put hands together to ask for Bar- Barabbas instead of our Savior to be released to us, we are in trouble. That's what they said who would deliver us from this trouble they cried out okay but little did they know that that was a provision of god but that point there is important because what is happening here is conviction of helplessness now for you and i to enter this church properly not the father's church to become a part of the church properly there is a stage in your life that you must experience is the stage of conviction let me say conviction The challenge a lot of people have going forward is that they have never started. Some people enjoyed the church and continued. Some people liked the pastor and continued. Some people saw that it was in vogue and continued. The beginning of faith in Christ is conviction that you need help. You're helpless. You see, every man who is going to make heaven would have first seen hell close You know, shave. These people saw hopelessness. They saw the end of everything good. Men and brethren, what are we going to do? We have crucified the Savior that God sent. That is how come they made that question. And this was what Peter answered. 38. Then Peter said to them, what? Repent. Yes. That's the next stage. After conviction, there is what? Repentance. So when somebody says, I'm born again, and you ask him, when he says, since childhood, know that he has learned the language, but he doesn't understand what he's talking about. Conviction is what makes a man realize that the direction he's going is leading to death. If I'm not saved, if something doesn't happen, I'm going to be destroyed. So I need help. I need a savior. That's why the Bible says Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord Shall be what? Save. That calling is for salvation It's for deliverance So it happened here that He said to them Repent, repent means a change of heart A change in direction If you're driving language is making a U-turn He says even though you have done this Beautiful news, good news Even though you have crucified the Savior Don't worry, God has raised him from the dead so God has reversed your evil. Praise the Lord. God has reversed our evil. Now, what do you need to do? You need to make a U-turn. Are you with me? So the church is made up of men and women who have had conviction of their sins, the conviction of their helplessness, the conviction of the terrible situation they were in, and made a U-turn, repented. Praise the Lord. And in this repentance, what happens is this. Your heart, we learned last Sunday, that under the new covenant now, we don't begin to walk to get to a place. Under this new covenant, Christ, when we believe in him, he already takes us to a place. And then from there, out of gratitude, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to outwork what he has deposited inside of us. Praise the Lord, somebody. So it says, repent and what? Be Baptized. Every Sunday, from time to time, we announce there there's baptism going on. Baptism is very important if you're a member of the church. Are you with me? Now, this is what baptism is. In clear language. Some of us are very young. A lot of us have grown old. I buried my mom and my dad. Okay? Baptism is funeral rites for someone who has died. It's like funeral rites. So, you're born again. Hallelujah. But... There are things that need to what? Be done. Are you with me? So, you are engaged in marriage, but no marriage yet. No ceremony. If someone asks you, when did you get married? Are you going to say, we got engaged on social time? What do you do? You present a marriage word. This certificate doesn't make you married, but it's evidence you got married. Baptism is an outward profession or demonstration of an inward faith. If your faith has not led you to the point where you say, I need to surrender to baptism. That faith, no before come. I'm talking about the church. Because in the time this happened, this is, remember there was also a baptism of John. Now what is happening here is that Jesus Christ has come and he's building his church. So as this good news of Christ is being preached, as many as believed in him, something happens. I know now when you're being, going to be baptized in the Father's church, we have a pool at the back where we do the baptism. But the time we're talking about here, the baptism was done in the village square, in the center of the city. So on Monday, people come out. So guys that you used to hang out with, people that you used to, you know, shark with, they now see you and they see you walking with Peter and John. And they say, what's happening to this guy? And then they see you. They see you next thing. They dip you in the water. You know what immediately declares? It declares to these people Goodbye world, I stay no longer with you. Immediately, he's saying to them, I have left you. You know what that does? It reduces your battle by 80%. It's an immediate declaration. I've left your camp. I've joined that camp. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, are you baptized? Or rather ask your neighbor, have you been baptized by immersion? Since you believed. It's important. We're talking of the church. It's important. It's important. So it says, repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. And this baptism is the baptism after repentance. Not the one that your father and your mother do for you. That's okay. They desire for you to be baptized. Now, when you grow, you make the choice yourself. Praise the Lord. So there's nothing wrong with that. Let them do it, you know, for the time being. But when you come to maturity and you believe you must be baptized, it's a demonstration It's an act of faith. It's an act of obedience, okay? And it says, for the remission of sins, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit is also so important to the church. You know, after Jesus' resurrection, you would have thought that the disciples would have just run out and started doing church. What did Jesus say to them? He said, don't go anywhere. He said, wait, tarry unto your word endued with power why because you see what you're getting into you can't do it in your strength we've learned here that the faith we have is a faith that no man can do on his own the beginning of our faith is miraculous the continuation of it is what miraculous in fact if you're here and you're married you will agree with me that for the women now let me take the women it takes a miracle for the wife to submit to the husband it takes an anointing. Wives, submit to your own husbands. How do you submit to somebody that makes a lot of mistakes? How are you sure this one you're submitting to is not a mistake? The man is driving. He says, turn right. or oh, Turn right. He say, my friend, keep quiet. And then he takes you. People are going to Obomosha, He takes you to, uh, to Shagamu. And then you, you just, you're just wondering, what do I do with this man? Then the next time they say, submit. How can you keep submitting to somebody that is making mistakes? It takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? Because he's not pap- You see, if he never made mistakes, submission will be easy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every bit of Christianity takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said to them, Don't go wait until you're endued with what? Power. It's the Holy Spirit that enables the Christian life. That's why he said, Repent, be baptized for the remission of sins. We've talked about sins every day, so I don't know if we'll talk about it today. But. I says, receive the word, the enablement, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what makes church, church. Praise the Lord. is what makes you and I able to live this life. How do you love some people, you know, that you meet? It takes anointing. And, and let me tell you what the anointing is like. I, I never really drank, but I tried it once. I didn't drink, you know, growing up. But I, I drank at my, I don't know whether it was matriculation or convocation. Because I just needed something different to happen. And the reason I didn't drink wasn't because I was good. Though. It's just that beer was bitter. That was my saving grace. Though. I would have been out for beer. But beer is bitter. So that time I wanted to get drunk. And I now bought a bottle of whiskey. That one wasn't sweet also. But the quantity you needed to get drunk was small. So I gulped it down. Now I'm just trying to tell you what being drunk is. You see, when you're drunk, eh? <laughs> oh Lord you understand? You move. Oh, <laughs> if you see this staircase now, normal people will be trying to go one by one. You go five. <laughs> what has happened? You're drunk. Now, if I cannot love my brother when I'm sober, when I'm anointed with the Holy Ghost, I will embrace him. The anointing takes you over. It says, do not be drunk with wine. Do not be taken over with wine. But be taken over by the word, Holy Ghost. If you're stingy and you're anointed, you'll be generous. Most of our problem is anointing problem. You say, like I can't keep my mouth shut. That woman that is always arguing with her husband, insulted. You lack anointing. When you're anointed, it's just like you say drunk man. You telling stupid. He say, yeah. <laughs> you fool. He say, yeah, you're correct. <laughs> what has happened? He's drunk. He's no longer responding as he would. He's responding as the thing that is taking him over. Is, that's, that's what the Bible is saying. And he made it clear. he said, do not be drunk with wine. But rather what? He's comparing. He's trying to show you this is how it works. It's simple. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So the Christian is somebody drunk with the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I read a man who was writing. And he made a statement. He said, it should actually be more acceptable that people come to church drunk with wine than they come to church not drunk with the Holy Spirit. Because they cause more harm. That's why you can be a Christian, and somebody will just step on your shoes, and you have a bad service, because they stepped on your shoes. Go to the bar. Somebody's drinking, you break his words. <laughs> Bring another one. The sensitivity to offenses in church is because you're not drunk with the Holy Spirit. You're too drunk with flesh. Somebody passes, you remember what he did to you seven months ago? A drunk man he said, do you know yesterday this happened? He said, yesterday, he can't remember. He's drunk. When you're drunk with the Holy Ghost, you forgive. you forget. you move on. Day by day, new messages we what? Receive. You're just fresh by the day. Somebody say, I desire to be drunk with the Holy Ghost. Day by day. Yes, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So essential, we need it. So we're, we're looking at just what church is about. Praise God. So church is a bunch of you. So, so maybe on Wednesday, we're all going to hear from us definitions of what church is, different definition. So it's a bunch of people who come in drunk with the Holy Ghost. And you know, this thing I'm sharing, I'm sharing with you, I actually need it. How, how many of us have been in situations, secular situations now, where there's a meeting going on and... The Spirit of God says to you, say something. And then you calculate what they say to you, say. And it doesn't make sense. And then you leave it. How many of us have experienced that? And then you don't say it. Now, a drunk man does not say what makes sense. The thing just flows out of his mouth. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, in that meeting, they've given you the word that will set you apart. But your brain, your natural man, is too strong for the Spirit to influence. So the occasion for Distinguishing you don't yield to it Why? Because you're stronger than the Holy Spirit He has not taken you over May he take us over really. Praise the Lord You're going he says, call this person And you say what am I calling him for The Holy Spirit Is trying to move you into a path Of prosperity To make a call that is necessary For what he has planned for you to do But your brain is not yet Under that influence Praise God Okay, so we go to verse um, 40 now, okay? It says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Now, what is happening here is this. This is a summary of what Peter was preaching to them on the day of Pentecost. He says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, well, Be saved from this perverse generation. What is happening? What is being told us here is this. That this is the sum total of the message that should proceed from the church. Are you hearing me? Let, re- read, it, read it on the screen, please. What does it say? It says, and with many other words, what did he testify? And exhort them. What was the conclusion? He said what? Be saved from this. His message was not triumph. His message was not matter. His message was not being noted. Are you listening to me? You know, I I saw something and, um, you know, I just, I didn't understand it. But someone was um, meeting with traditional rulers. Okay. And the prayer that was said for the traditional rulers, I didn't understand it. It said that whatever you have lost, God will restore. I didn't understand it. If I met with traditional rulers, I would tell them to forsake their ways, isn't it? And embrace Christ fully. Telling them what they have lost. That God will restore it you know, in many folds. Number one, if they are traditional rulers, they are not that hungry. Do you understand? They are not to be pitied. I mean, in the in the, in the Nigeria we are today. So, wh- what are you telling them? The message from the church is what? Be saved from this perverse generation. Let's not take that as it is. Come with me to Acts 26. Acts 26 verse 18 just 18 because of time. Or if, you, if you're patient, we can do from 15. Acts 26. This was the commissioning of a soul named um, Paul. Acts 26 from verse 15. So I'll run through it quickly. It says, Paul now said, So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus who you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I appear to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. 18 Let's read 18 together, everybody. It says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me can you just look at that again what is the message that paul was commissioned to preach what was his assignment anywhere this is not the centrality of the message cannot be called christ's church it can be called a success gathering it can be called a place of champions it can be called a place of uh, whatever name you call it but this is the message says to open their eyes to open their eyes to spiritual realities to open their eyes to the truth to the way things are really you know uh, uh, it was solomon who was um, you know solomon was god's um, specimen you know okay solomon was god's specimen for mankind so that Solomon was enabled and permitted to be able to explore anything he wanted in this world, and he did. Praise the Lord, Solomon did. I think that's what this over is trying to do now. How many wives now? Has he gotten to ten? He did. One thousand women, one man. For those of you who are here who are still, you know, fooling around with women, why don't you just give up? What are you wasting? Can you do one thousand? Solomon did 1,000 international and said to us, all is what," Which means when 1,000 was divided for value, he got zero. So in essence, Solomon was like a bachelor in spite of 1,000 women. That's what he was saying. In spite of all the houses, everything he had, he said it was like the wind. And what did he come to conclusion at the end of his life? By his statement, he said, this is the end of man. To fear God and to keep his commandments. He said, this is the whole duty of man. What was he saying? He saying, I wasted my time. So if Solomon has done that for me, why should I go and do it? Praise the Lord. Oh, yes. If Solomon has done that for you, why are you going that route? Why don't you follow his, you know, learn from his mistake and just do better? Who told you that that next fling? Is going to make you feel better. Where did you get that? If the last one didn't stop. I mean, satisfaction is that you eat and you're full and you don't want to eat again. Isn't it? Whatever you keep looking for. And you keep looking for. If you're smart enough, you should know that you're chasing your tail. Praise the Lord. Because if he had any power to satisfy, you should have been satisfied long before now. Okay? So, he, he said to open their eyes the christian is one whose eyes are open who understands the real position of things so you know like i've told you the story here okay i got married very young i got married at 24 and at the time i was getting married i was a guy okay so i had this friend senior friend about three years older than me who also got married very young and he wasn't a guy But he told me, that's what I'm giving you that background because that's why I listened to him. He told me, said, he called me, said, Ike. Let me tell you, now you're married. He said, all the girls that had no time for you. This is how they'll be doting on you. Don't think anything has happened though. It's just because you're married, there's something to destroy. It entered because when I look at him, I don't think any girl should dot on him. So if they dotted on him, then he's telling the truth. I'm telling you. Listen, (laughs) the people that are doing like this, they just want to take you to hell. You're not a big guy. You're not a sweet guy. You're not a sweet baby. You're not a sugar baby. You're not a slay. You're not slaying anything. There's nothing you're slaying. Agents of darkness everywhere looking for who to send to hell. Talk is cheap. Oh, baby, you're the finest. The one you left in the house, when did she stop being the finest? Fooling people. It said to open their eyes and to open their ears. So when people tell you something, you know when they're telling you APC promises? Dollar will be one naira. They're speaking APCs. <laughs> to open their eyes. That's what the church does. When people come to church, their eyes should be what? Opened. Is somebody's eyes being opened today? That is the message. It's not to tell everybody, you're going to make it. You're going to make it, man. You know what I'm saying, man? Come on. We can have another meeting and do that. But not church. The purpose of the church is to open eyes. The Bible says the God of this world had blinded the minds of people. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine upon them and they be saved. So we're in the business of opening eyes. That's why the days when I used to preach at weddings, I don't preach love, love, love. Because there are some people who that's the only time they'll enter church. I will go deep and bring evangelical message. At least anywhere they go, they know they've heard it once. Because people's eyes need to, some people don't know what is going on. Praise the Lord. Okay, the next one says, in order to turn them from what? Darkness to light. So when you come, come as you are. But when you come, there should be a transformation. If your sketch used to stop here, you know, lose the hemming. Let it come down here. After some time, add lace. If lace has finished, thank God for the style they wear now. Anything is now style. You can stop the material here, add lace, then add Ankara. You know Ankara has come. If Ankara doesn't do it, what's the next one you can put? Uh, You know, to turn them from darkness to light. You see, the Bible is so clear. You know why? Because when you dress in darkness, you don't see well. When you come to the light, you see, ah, oh. So, a lot of people that you see dressed in darkness. But as you come to church, light will be shining. You understand? Things will be changing. And somebody say, Amen. Amen. To turn from darkness, where you do things without caring about the other person. The second commandment is love your neighbor as what? Yourself. The Christian dwells in the awareness that they are people. So, you don't do things just for yourself. We're learning at our couple's uh, uh, get-together, you know, the, the impact of divorce on children. So you, you don't just reason about yourself. And I think that warning should actually go to your marriage. Because if you want to marry, make sure you stay with this man. Who, don't just do, hey, look at my finger, look at my finger. Then the other day, he said, I don't care, I don't care. We will bind you. You are not going anywhere. It's now that you shouldn't go. If you're not sure. Do you understand? That next is you do things anyhow. He say me. And you know the world has a way of pushing people to selfishness, the spirit of selfishness. That's why if I go to anywhere, no matter who it is, he you says you're going to to your neighbor. I don't answer. Because it's possible God has desired that it's that my neighbor that is going to give me from his. Must I cook to eat? If somebody cooks, maybe God's plan is that you cook the beans and give me some. Abby? If I say now nah, I must pass my neighbor, then I'll cook water. My neighbor won't cook anything. Then I starve. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a consciousness. It's an understanding of life from darkness to life. It gets more straight. It says from the power of Satan to the power of God. In the church, we live under the power of God. No longer under the power of Satan. So nobody here should allow any situation or circumstance in his life that is Determined and sent by Satan. No, it's not acceptable. This is God's house. Praise the Lord. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Satan can't pack on your body, he can't pack on you. Praise the Lord. You're no longer under his jurisdiction. You have changed government. Praise the Lord. Is somebody hearing me? You, You understand this, and it's going to help you. Because in your marriage, in your business, in your finances You don't tolerate these things again He says I give you authority over every power of the enemy Not some The church has authority Praise the Lord The church has power You he say you shall decree a thing and what will happen It shall be a You say no The devil has the liberty like I don't know who it was that said it But he said you can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can stop them from building a nest over your head. So the devil can move around and, you know, make suggestions. But anyone that comes, you, you say no. He says, whatever tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall do what? You shall come. He said, no, I'm a Christian. Okay, this is a, it's a follow come. You are set free from the power of Satan to the power of God. So things don't happen in your life. Things don't happen around you just like that. You call on the name of the Lord and surely He will set free. Amen. Part of my prayers, what that I pray for us as a church is that our faith will so rise that when we gather, we're looking for who to help, not amongst ourselves. You know the Bible says it says that the least amongst us, the strong will be like the angels of God. The least amongst us will be like David. Because you are powerful. Praise the Lord. You are anointed, you're chosen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we getting something? Okay. It says, and that they may receive forgiveness of sins. This one is too, too important. And we've dealt with it here over and over. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Every time you come to church, every time you look into the word of God, the Bible says, when we behold into the word, we look as in a mirror. Okay. When you look at a mirror, when the ladies look at a mirror, what do they see? They see one little people here. What do they do? They deal with it. When you come to church and the word convicts you, it's not to kill you. It's so that you may repent and receive forgiveness of sins. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. Anywhere there is conviction, it is because God wants to bring what? Mercy. He wants to bring cleansing. You know, the blood is still flowing. Okay? So, the forgiveness of sins, it's available every time we come. Every time we say that they may receive it. Forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Can you give us that scripture in the message translation, please? Acts 26, 18. Thank you. It says to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose what? See the difference between Satan and God and choose what? He says, I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven. And a place in the family. A place in the family. That's what we do. Inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. We have the power to bring men out. Do you know when you win a soul, you have delivered him from the power of Satan? When you preach to somebody, you're presenting life to the person. It says, and to offer them forgiveness of sins and a place in the family. Inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. In essence, it's not real living until we word, we start living in Christ. And that's what the church should, you know, uh, demonstrate. And that's what I'll try to round up this morning. Okay, you, you can still leave that family because we're, we're going to touch them. So, 41, I'll read 41. It says, 40 read, says, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that there about 3,000 souls were added to them. I want to pick something from here, which I'll I'll use to run on. It says, be saved from this perverse generation. Okay? And it says, 3,000 souls were added to them. What is happening here? There is a subtraction. From this generation and then there's an addition to the church now what also has affected many of us is that at some point in our lives we were saved from this perverse generation but we never got to the point where we were planted in the church now Acts 26 18 message okay it says I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven. And a place in what? The family. The church is the family of God. No child, not even in the animal kingdom, do they have offsprings and they survive on their own. Is there anyone you know? The lions, you know, when they have their their, their whelp, they have to nurse. Even when the chicken hatches, they, they have to nurse. There is no place, nowhere where God designed it that where a child is born and it survives on its own. There must be a family. Now, in the same way spiritually, as you're saved from this perverse generation, there must be an addition to the church. If not, that child is going to be exposed to things he or she can't handle. And that's why there is a strong temptation to many of us who say, I go to church, but I don't want to, you know, I really don't want to be known, you know, I just come and go. You're a visiting infant. Do you understand? It says, and a place in the family. The church is family. We're going to understand why it's family. Because your growth, my growth, our growth, is going to be dependent on the interactions. Now, the Bible says we are all members of Christ, right? So, my body, as physical body now, I have my fingers, I have different parts of the body. So, for instance, maybe when I got saved, I got saved and I became a toe. If the toe refuses to be joined to the body, of what use will it be? Okay, let's take it that, that you're so important. You're the eye, So, you're an I okay but you're not joined to the body what will happen you stand on your you'll be useless the same way the church when you're saved you're saved as a member of the body and you're brought into the church when you're brought into the church when we gather now you now find that there's toe there there's finger here there's eye there there's ear here there's leg here there's all of that there do you understand now in that process you and I can find fulfillment. We can find growth. Are you with me? Some of us, the first miracle, you, you don't even know God has anointed you to walk miracles because you have never fellowship with somebody enough that you had the privilege of praying for them. Who are you going to pray for? Your business partners that don't believe that if you place your hand, they'll knock it off. And you won't even do that because you've never experienced it. But as you come to fellowship in the body, you're going to rub off on one another. And we're going to be meeting with one another. As we meet with one another, what is going to happen is that the gifts God put in you will connect with the body. And bring a blessing to the body. And then the gift that is in the body is also going to bring a blessing to you. That way you can stand. I look at my life. Pastor, what is one of your secrets of, you know, being, uh, uh, for now, I think for, for this time now. I should have been born again for at least 27 years or 28 years okay i'm pastoring for 25 years now what is the secret or what is the key i told us last sunday when we got born again we went to the church and said we want to be registered members churches didn't have registered members. they were laughing you know i've asked many questions that people were laughing they were laughing but from that time i can't remember any week that sunday wednesday Tuesday, Saturday, I just got planted in the body. I now, who knows? I may have been a kidnapper, but when you gather with the body, do you understand? Whatever I may have been, as you continue to gather with the body, things are being knocked off of you. Greed is taken off of you. Wickedness is taking off of you. You cannot grow to the fullness of... That God wants you to grow. If you do not avail yourself of the nursery. Of the environment. Of the atmosphere that is designed for your growth. They were saved from. And brought into. Let me ask you a question. For those of us who have been. Many of us here have never been bad. But anybody here started being bad all by themselves? Eh? Anybody here? People who get bad they have people who welcome them. You send that child to school, the child is just, you know, bland. Good morning, good morning. Some people say, they don't greet like that. Come here, this is how we work. And the boy is changing. What has happened is the group that received him, that began to nurture him and train him in the bad ways. How do you think you can now just get good on your own? You are born again, but you need a fellowship. That's why the church has provision for home church, you know, this, this thing. The, these things matter. Someone has said one of our meetings, I think it was the, men's, um, the married men's fellowship. We had had some arguments sometime. When we meet. He said, We must have something to meet for. You know, we must have a program. And I said to them, You don't need a program. All the bars that they've been trying to close in Abuja that they've not successfully closed, what's the program for their meeting? Chidi, will know. Chidi. Chidi, when they meet in those bars, you don't go there, no, no. Do they have agenda? In the bars, where those bars, Is bars that are called, what are they called? Gardens, thank you, thank you. Gardens, that's why I confused you. In the gardens, when they gather in the gardens, is there an agenda? No agenda. How often do they gather? Every day. So, no, no, listen, it's not a joke. So every day people like you in the kingdom of darkness in the unsaved world, they gather without agenda. Then to gather as children of God, you see, what's the agenda? What time is because you have not acclimatized to the family. Thank you, sir. When they gather, they give offering every day. There is no day beer is free. Do you understand? I need you to understand something. We're, We're talking about church. Because, you see, we wonder what is happening, what is going on. What is going on is that there is deception. Let me ask you another question now. When a friend has a party, what's the agenda? You just go to see him. Say, so are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? I'm coming. We're saying, you know, we just get there, you know. And then we just, nothing. Why is it the same that to gather us is a battle? Because the devil is fighting it. When saints gather, there is an osmosis that is taking place. I get it. Me? When children of God just gathering, we don't have to have any special thing. What is the special thing that happens? I attended a few birthdays recently. What happened? You see it. You greet this person. You notice the person that the tailor messed up the clothes. You tell your wife, see. hey. Do you understand? And then you stay and you go. Another day they call you, another one you go. What's the agenda? Why is it church? Why is it Christians that need an agenda to gather? The bars, they gather every day. Do you know the energy? I don't know. I'll praise God somebody. Okay. How many people got up to 30 years before they got born? Okay, 25 years before you got born again. You got born again after you were 25. Let me talk to the men. I can identify with the men. Okay. I want to ask you. Do you know the energy you had for nonsense? I remember I'm talking about myself now. Let me use myself. I could go to I didn't have to sleep to go to work. Do you understand? I will walk close. My office was on um Amad Below VI. Bar beach was by so we'll go there because of traffic and then stay there for some time. And then when you get back. There are clubs that had weekdays, weeknights, free. So you go to club and then stay around 4 or 3. You now rush back home and bath. And because you walk on the island, you get ready quickly and leave your house before 5.36 to go to work. We did this and we didn't faint. The power of Satan, his captives, they don't complain. But if we fix meeting now... Today, tomorrow, tomorrow. He said, ah, can somebody rest? Eh. <laughs> it's only when it is righteousness that you need all the rest. Are you understanding? He knows what he's doing. He wants to keep us. You know why? It's in our gathering that our strength gets intermingled. Let me show you a scripture. Romans twelve three. It says, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, As God has what? Dealt to each one a measure of faith. He said, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we be many are one body in Christ. Individually members of one. Now, if we have many members, it means that I have something, but I need some other things that I don't have. So to me has been given a measure. For me to be complete, I need your measure. You need my measure. That's why we are church. Praise the Lord. You need my measure. I need your measure. So when we are born again, and we come together, we are able to be strengthened. The passage we read in Acts 2, the last verse says, it said the people were afraid of them. Why? Because these people understood what was happening. They were gathering together. They were gathering in the temple. They were gathering in houses. They were meeting every day. They were just hanging out. Do you know that the Holy Spirit can give billion dollar ideas as four of you just hang out? Do you know that can happen? Because where two of them are gathered together in my name, he's there. That's the design of the church. It says to everyone, God has dealt to everyone a measure of faith. So my faith alone is not enough i need your faith i need your testimony somebody say oh boy do you know what happened you know do you know yesterday this and this he shares his testimony that thing he shares strengthens you the next day you have a situation his testimony gives you victory that's the way if you never heard it you think no you or either you think it won't happen or you're not sensitive enough but these are provisions another one ephesians 4 7 it says to each one of us grace has been given to each one, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's So I have some, you have some. When we gather together, we are too powerful. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we are saved out of the perverse generation. And even that one is so difficult. I want to believe that there are no persons in this church who watch um, Big Brother. I heard the Big Brother, they year; didn't succeed very well. No, I think the... Um, Peter, be affected it. or I don't know. But you see, when you're saved, you're saved from something. From this perverse generation. If you don't come out from it, even though you're saved, you can be recaptured. That's why when people say, once saved, always saved. It's not in the Bible. The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So that I called on the name of Jesus seven years ago. And now I live in clubs and bars. I may not have called on Satan, but he has called me. Do you understand? Save from this perverse. There is a place you must come out from. The Lord said to the children of Israel. He says, I brought you out to bring you in. There is a coming out. There are things that should no longer be found around you. There are things that if they come and search your house, they shouldn't see it. Praise the Lord. It shouldn't be found. There are things that shouldn't be on your phone. You know, there's this thing, Facebook started now. I get a lot of information and, you know, articles that I read on Facebook. But recently, I think about three months ago, they introduced the reels, those things that they put. Up till now, I've never clicked one. I want them to know I'm bad market. Do you get what I'm saying? I want them to know I'm bad market. When I see the speed at which I jump, because I don't want them to distract me. This man is focused. I get what I'm saying. I'm here to read. There are many Christian articles that they read. That there is news and all of that. No, this is what I want. Send me more of this. You must come out from the world. Some people say, ah, I don't know this thing they sent on my phone. It's because you clicked on one last week. They say this is a customer. It's only YouTube that I go to from time to time and they bring some advertisement. I say these people haven't known me. They, know, they should know by now that you don't advertise things like this for me. Singles in your area. <laughs> you know, you come out completely. Are you hearing me? Saved from this perverse generation. Salvation brings you out. Are you with me? You see, some of us now, there are some of your old friends that if you call them, they should say, what is going on? Because they know you're no longer with them. But if you call them and just hail you, it means that they haven't even observed the difference. They say, we're, ch- we're looking for you the other day. Ah, you know that there's still work to be done. Let it be that you call them and say, ah, what is going on? Are you getting me? The church is a peculiar, I you say you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people called out to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his kingdom. Marvelous life. We are to be so separate. And you know what? It's that separation that brings admiration. The reason the world has no regard for us is that the church is working too hard to look like the world. To them, we are are just pursuing after them. So what's the thing to look for? But when we separate, they notice that, ah, these guys, they always come together, you know. You just see them, when they're amongst themselves, they're laughing digesting. when they just separate their work. I mean, I'm not saying it should be, you know, unfriendly. No. But we are a family. Praise the Lord, somebody. We are have been called out. We have been brought in. We are the members of the body of Christ. We can see better. We can understand what is, what is at stake. We know what this thing is about. We know what the enemy is trying to do. We know the end is coming. We know that rapture could happen today. Do you know that rapture could happen today? How many of us know that? Do you know that the world is in chaos? Not just Nigeria. I read somebody that said in Ghana... To fill your tank takes about seven something thousand naira. Ghana. Anybody can confirm that? That's Ghana. There is chaos everywhere. The world is in turmoil. These are the things that they told us will happen. Perilous times. So the church, we know the world is coming to an end. We are to walk circumspectly. We are to walk with a body. We are to walk with an assurance. We are to walk all that combination. We are the church. We have the real deal. Praise the Lord. We have the message of life. When you leave from here, you're leaving knowing that you are commissioned to be an agent of God in a dark world. Jesus said to the disciples, whomsoever sins you remit is remitted. So I'm leaving from here knowing that I can, by my action and by my speech, win somebody over to Jesus. What better commission? People would do anything. To enter into government, but you have a superior commission. Praise the Lord, you are a member of the body of Christ. Let's rise on our feet, Father. We thank you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad. The old singers used to sing, I'm so glad I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I belong to my Lord. Come
0: and you're listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Ban X Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 07 03 You can find us online at www. The Father's God bless you.